0: Neil Brown just has that it
1: factor, I believe. He's bought into
2: the program. Everybody in the Big 12 is going to know his name, and all the quarterbacks are going to feel his pain. That underdog mentality has always been big for West Virginia.
1: We're just heartbroken that we were not good at our jobs.
0: He is the modern-day Don Nealon.
1: Trust the climb. And now, it's time for the Country Roads Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation?
0: Welcome to another edition of the Country Roads Webcast. This is the Virginia Tech Preview Edition. Uh, Mountaineer's going to be facing the number 15 Hokies in Morgantown, Saturday at noon. Game's going to be televised on Fox Sports 1, and uh, we're here to preview it, talk about it, give our predictions. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, to open things up with my co-host Stephen and my co-host Bradley, any final thoughts on the uh, Long Island game, Stephen?
1: Uh, no. Like I said, I went back and forth for the next few days following the game, whether, you know, I took it as a positive or a negative. Um, you know, there was, like I said, a lot of pros and a lot of cons in the game that I could have seen West Virginia build upon. But, um, you know, I think that it's, like I said before, I think it's massive to shut out any team in college football, no matter who you're playing. So... I think that's one of the major positives that I take away from last Saturday. But other than that, I, you know, I'm I'm so ready to get onto this next football game. I've been ready since 2017, uh, when they they beat us up there in DC and. Us down here in this part of the state, I think, are most most excited about this football Absolutely, game this
0: rivalry down here in the bottom part of the state, you know, Bluefoot Princeton area uh, means a lot. We want the Mountaineers to win this one, so we got bragging rights on all the uh, VPI fans that are around here. But, yeah, uh, first time playing since 2017 and first time coming to Morgantown since 2005. That's, that's hard to believe. Uh, Bradley, any uh, final thoughts on Long Island before we get into those Hokies?
2: You know, I was just going to say what Steven said. You know, it's a it's a an achievement to shut anybody out, not let any points. We had a blocked field goal and a return kickoff. I mean, it's two positives that you don't typically see in a game together or all that often. So, but yeah, I'm Dude, that blocked goal
1: field goal was clutch.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Screw that. Just preserve that. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I don't know. Um... I'm going to try not to be too pessimistic to open this up. So I'll just say it's great to get a great to get a shutout, (laughs) I guess. Um, And on to uh, on to Virginia Tech. So uh, that being said, um, opening thoughts on Virginia Tech. Um, What do you got, Bradley? Uh,
2: So if you guys went through and watched our Maryland preview uh, back a couple weeks ago, I had said that, you know, Uh, I felt like we were a perfect matchup going into Maryland. I was like, you know, just like they were weak in this area, this area, and this area. That's where we're strong at. Perfect matchup. I feel that same way for Virginia Tech and us. I feel like they're looking at us being like, oh, their line's weak. Well, we got a great defensive line, you know. Where they struggle at is where we succeed at. So, you know, maybe we'll get a little bit of a flip-flop and, like, shit will just go sideways for them like it did for us, so.
0: That's what you hope. I think that, uh, for me, the thing that really sticks out to me is the home field advantage. Uh, We need this to be big. I think the fans are going to be ready because of rivalry. Hopefully the players feed off that energy. And even though it's a noon kick, hopefully that stadium is rocking because I think this is one of the biggest games at Mountaineer Field. I'm talking it could have like that 2011 LSU type of energy if if, uh, you know, the fans show up and do their thing, and that could be big, uh, and West Virginia needs that in this game, in my opinion, because they could be slightly overmatched. You know, that's uh, the way I kind of look at it. Uh, Steven, what are your opening thoughts on Virginia Tech? Uh,
1: I feel the same way as you. I feel like this is, you know, the crowd is going to be there for this game. Uh, We've heard the, the rumble throughout both fan bases for the last, not only a couple months, but, you know, for the better part of the last year or so. You know about fans that have been excited about going to this game, uh, so I, I do fully expect that Mountaineer Field will be rocking on Saturday uh, come noon. Uh, I, I do think West Virginia's, you know, outmatched in terms of the you know talent on their side of on their side of the fence of Virginia Tech, but in the same token, I don't think that we've seen the full um, variety of what both teams have yet. I think you know in Week One you see. Virginia Tech play a North Carolina team that was number 10 at the time, but since has struggled with their own schedule. And then you see Virginia, yeah, and then you see Virginia Tech come back to life a little bit, you know, last week, struggling a little bit with Middle Tennessee State. You know, West Virginia looks a little bit better against an LIU team that I understand you're, you're supposed to look that way against, but you do, you know. I'm starting to forgive West Virginia a little bit on some of the things that I seen in Week One because it was Week One, and you do make your best, you know, advancement as a football team, and you get you get better from Week One to Week Two. You've said that That's in true. the past, Cruz, and so uh, you know, while I said that, I think Maryland was probably the most pivotal game on our schedule. It's uh, I think quickly flipping to this Virginia Tech game because you know, obviously, starting off two and two is a lot better than starting off yeah. one and four and i think that's what you're looking at because i don't think there's anybody that right now that truly uh is optimistic about that night game out in norman in, in two weeks
0: Yeah, absolutely. Nah, not. I'm, uh, I'm nervous about that one myself as well and um the thing i think that sticks out to me about this game that you know just makes me feel like i said i'm i'm turn into the pessimistic one, but uh, like West Virginia's a little overmatched is just going into the season, these teams are kind of flip-flopped on how I thought they'd be going into this game. I thought Virginia Tech would lose to North Carolina, maybe even struggle with Mid-T- Middle Tennessee State and then be coming into Mountaineer Field. Mm-hmm. And it's been the other way around. West Virginia lost to Maryland. Didn't struggle with Long Island, but um, I thought West Virginia would be um, kind of better than they're looking almost like, you know, Virginia Tech is better than I thought they would be. I thought Virginia Tech would be the one that would struggle this year. And it seems like those roles are kind of reversed and this game's going to tell a lot.
2: Yeah. And I think Neil Brown said it really good in his uh conference presser yesterday that, you know, this is now going to be a real barometer of where our program's at right now. I say, this is going to be a true sign, a true telltale scenario where it's like, Hey, you got a packed stadium, in Milan Pushkar Stadium, like, it's going to be packed. The fans are going to be there. People are going to be showing out. It's on the team to kind of show up and, like, perform the way that they've told us that, you know, they are supposed to perform. So I think that this is going to be, you know, maybe we'll see a completely different team that we didn't see against Maryland and maybe a little bit cleaner team than what we saw against LIU. But I still – I don't know. I think that's still up in the air myself. I think this is going to be an ugly game.
0: Yeah, I think it needs to be an ugly game for West Virginia to – um, have success uh, you know since neil brown took over i saw a stat the other day west virginia has only won back-to-back games twice once in 2019 once in 2020 so you know this will be could be the one time in 2021 uh, and west virginia has never won three games in a row under neil brown yet so uh, that's a stat to look at uh, going into this one i suppose uh, that's a stat to look at uh, going into this one i suppose
2: yeah. Honestly, I want them to get into a fight. I want to see somebody just punch somebody in the face and just get, <laughs> cause it, I, it's just, I, at this point, like, I feel like there's just like no excitement right now. Like there's, I mean, the fans are excited the people are going to be pumped up, but I feel like we've just been super bland going out there so far on the field. And so I just want to see some kind of like passion, excitement, anger, something that's going to like make, me believe that these guys care about this game as much as the fans do, because like that's going to be a big part of it.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't, I I wouldn't say that they don't care about the fans or about the game as much as the fans, but I don't think that they care about the rivalry as much as the fans. I don't think that the Virginia Tech-West Virginia rivalry... They're trying to learn um, about It's quite... Right, right. Like, these players weren't... uh, I think there's only a handful of guys, if only just a a couple of them, that were on the roster at WVU and just as walk-ons at the time whenever they played them in 2017. And you know probably likewise at Tech. So there's guys that... If they do know about the rivalry, you know, it's 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 not people who are on the the you know, the too deep on our depth chart. It's guys that have grown up Mountaineer fans and probably are on the roster because they're they are lifelong fans. And so like, you know, the guys that are probably gonna be seeing the majority of the time on the field that were the high recruits are just now learning about this rivalry and the bulk of it. And and Neil Brown himself is just now learning about the rivalry and the bulk of it. So I think we do care about the rivalry part of it more, but I think that they do care about the actual the actual game. Because I listened to Sean Ryan, just for example, I listened to his uh, his player interview yesterday, and you know he was saying that he didn't really understand the rivalry that much until he himself was a, um, a or I think it was Sean Ryan. I think whenever he was a walk on in 2017, was he a walk on in
0: 2017? Uh, no, no, Sean Ryan transferred. No, Sean Listen
1: to a few player interviews yesterday. Yeah, he's from Temple, you're right. I listened to a few player interviews that are running together yesterday. Anyway, one of them was talking about how they were a walk-on in 2017, and they really felt the rivalry because of the fan base. That's what I was going to yeah, get
0: that's, that's Yeah, that's where you feel it most. The fan base, you know, it means a lot to them. Like it's said, especially here in you know, the southern part of the state where – where we are, it definitely means a lot. And I think it's it goes a long way, though, that uh, Neil Brown is, you know, trying to factor that in, you know, that it means a lot to the fans and trying to teach, teach the team about the rivalry. You know, he said he's got Jeff Castile teaching not only the team, but also, you know, teaching himself about the rivalry and, and what it means. And especially, you know, this is a trophy game, trying to bring the Black Diamond Trophy. So I think that's always extra motivation when you're playing for something like that. always extra motivation when you're playing for something like that.
2: Yeah, and And so that's why I'm saying, like, I feel like it would be nice to see just, like, I I I necessarily don't want to fight. I'd be happy with a fight, but I think it would just be exciting to see something like that passion, like, transfer from the fans, like, onto the field. You know, just get these guys really excited and show them, you know, what a rivalry game can be in college football. You know, we don't like them. They don't like us, and, like, that's absolutely how it is. And, like, I have no, you know, intentions of ever liking Virginia Tech. And, you know, it just gives a little bit more, you know?
0: Exactly, and I'm I'm anxious to see it uh, getting kicked back up again. You know, um, and hopefully this game continues to be played. I know they're playing again next year, but hopefully they find a way to fit it in on the schedule again in the future because it does mean a lot, and uh, it's one of the best, always one of the better games too. Usually, there's not too many blowouts in these West Virginia Virginia Tech games, no matter how good or bad. Um, either one of the teams are, it's, it's rare that that happens. But, um, you know, West Virginia, we were saying that they've been kind of bland, so hopefully they have some things up their sleeve. But uh, one thing we do know that they do have coming back is Mike O'Loughlin. He's been practicing, hopefully going to finally get some snaps in this game. So West Virginia getting their tight end back, Virginia Tech losing their star tight end, uh, James Mitchell. Uh, Fuente announced in his press conference out for the season, the star tight end for Virginia Tech. I believe he led him in touchdown receptions last season and already it looked good this year and was a big part of uh, that offense. So uh, what can you factor in from these both these tight ends, the one that Virginia Tech loses in West Virginia, getting Mike O'Laughlin back? How big of a ad is this for West Virginia, and how big of a loss is that for Virginia Tech, Stephen?
1: Uh, first of all, huge for Virginia Tech. And, I, you know, I, I, you never want to wish an injury on anybody. I feel very, very bad for the guy because um, from what I understand, that, that, that guy was, you know, a very, very – highly projected, you know, picking the NFL draft last season. And he came back and was, you know, trying to go one more season at Virginia Tech. And and to see that kind of an injury, you hate to see that. So, yeah, on that side of the fence, very huge loss for Virginia Tech. He was their biggest playmaker on that side of the ball, by far, in my opinion. Um, On the flip side, for West Virginia, I think it's just as big for us that we get Mike O. back this week because Mike O'Laughlin. You know, while he is a good tight end, he's, he's you know, he's really good in our run game on that right side of the line. And in my opinion, the whole line has had its problems. That's true. But in my opinion, from what I can tell, the left side of the line has held their own more than the right side of the line. And if we can get Michael O'Loughlin back on the right side of the line to give us a little bit of uh, the stability on that right side, it may help our run game just enough to give us, you know, a little bit of a push and and in the run game so that way it opens up the pass game a little bit more because up to this point our run game has been almost non-existent I mean it's almost to that point because I don't think we've gotten over 100 yards you know I I don't don't know I really can't figure it out because you know I You know, I'm I'm probably like, you know, you guys and the fact that I really just did not expect our run game to be so atrocious. I I really, I truly believe that our run game was going to be one of the best in the country. You guys heard it. I picked Let It Go for 2,000 yards Mm. in a pregame show. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Be happy with 1,000 at this point. But I do... I do think Michael Laughlin will help us uh, open up some of those schemes that we've been trying to run because up to this point, I think we've just, we've just been so limited and I think you've touched on it in the past. I think most of it is due to chemistry. I think once we can find a little bit of chemistry on that, that offensive line between those guys, you know, it it will probably get better. But right now, you know, there's, there's a lot of questions and not enough answers.
0: Oh, that's for sure. That is, uh, that is for, for sure when it comes to that run blocking and, how abysmal would I think they ended up averaging like three yards a carry versus Long Island. Not good. Not good at all. Um, you know, and that's when I think maybe this Garrett Green package, you know, could play a part in that. And another reason Neil Brown may have to go to that. But also I want to see Garrett Green play with Letty Brown. You know, every time we've seen him it was with Justin Johnson. So I think I want to see him and Letty, you know, play together. That could be good. But like you said, I think getting Michael Laughlin's back, um, getting Michael Laughlin back is big, rather. Um, use him in the run game in a lot of different ways. You know, they'll bring him in motion. They'll put him in the backfield, almost like a fullback, each back type position. And so there's a lot of different things West Virginia can do in the run game because West Virginia has shown they can't run out of that 10 personnel with zero tight ends. They just don't have the offensive line to do it. And Banks isn't as great of a blocker as uh, Mike O is. So getting him back is big. And then I think losing Mitchell for Virginia Tech hurts. Uh, I think it hurts more in the passing game because – I think they still have tight ends. They can still run their sets that they like to use their 12 personnel sets with Burmeister running that uh, read, you know, through the, through the jet sweep and through the uh, backfield that he runs those uh, different types of read options where they change up the guy that they're reading. And I think that uh, they can still do that. They have four or five tight ends they like to use. So uh, Virginia Tech will still have a tight end in there, but it is a big loss. And I I hate it for the kid. Like you said, could have went to the draft, came back for this year. So hate it for him, but I think, uh, both things are big, uh, big for West Virginia and uh, big for Virginia Tech. Uh, anything you want to add there, Bradley?
2: Yeah, I think you guys covered that pretty well. I I do feel bad for the uh, – oh what was his name? Uh, James Mitchell, yeah. Was it Mitchell, James Mitchell? So, uh, Trey yeah.
1: – what was his last name?
2: Yeah, I feel bad for James Mitchell being out – like like Stephen said, he came back, didn't have to come back, came back as, as brutal. I hope he has a quick recovery. I hope he comes back to full speed because that's you know, as being you know sports fans, we all want to see you know the best athletes can give honestly, and yeah, Michael, I think we're going to definitely see a, uh, an improvement in our run game this weekend. Um, hopefully, I'll say because that Virginia Tech line is going to be something that we're going to have to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, before we get into the matchups here and uh, get into it a little bit further,
0: did a couple pieces of uh, WVU news I wanted to touch on. Uh, the depth chart that came out this week, um, not any real uh, big changes on it, but one thing that did stick out was a wheel linebacker. Um Lance Dixon has jumped uh low now starting the transfer from Penn State, Lance Dixon. And then also Jalen Anderson, the uh running back, the other four star, has finally made it to campus, enrolled at WVU now, likely headed for a redshirt of course, but um he is here, he's on the roster, he's with the team. So uh two pieces of news there I want to touch on before we get into Virginia Tech. Uh, any thoughts there, Steven?
1: Uh, Jalen Anderson. That I did not see. We were gonna that we were gonna see him on WVU's campus at all. So very, very big. I think we've touched on that in the past as well. So I'm just really excited about that one.
0: Absolutely, I am too. I think that that's big. Uh, Bradley, go right ahead.
2: Uh, uh, yeah, no, I I'm cool with Lane Six. And I thought he played really well. Sorry, I thought he was playing with some speed. He had some tenacity to him. He was definitely playing well on kickoffs. But something I saw is that uh, Evan Staley is not even listed on our uh, depth chart anymore, which is kind of crazy. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, McGee, I, I understand the McGee on the kickoffs. You know, when he got in there, he looked better. He was actually booting him out of the end zone. So I would not you know, I was like, man, they might switch Staley out here, too. And so um, I guess, you know, it's I think after that injury. He yeah, but I same.
1: mean, to take him off the depth chart of the
0: yeah, I think he just doesn't have the yeah.
1: power. I will say, Bradley, you called that one. I think as soon as that injury happened, uh, you know, you called how, yeah. how that one was going to end up. Now it's I, oh, yeah. I hate that. It's exactly know. how I blew I mean, out my it. knee,
2: and I mean, it was it was a lot of damage. That little small stopping twist. I mean, it it does a lot more than you think it does. Because I mean, I had to have my completely reconstructed. I say. It was,
1: it's a wonder how that doesn't yeah. happen to a lot more yeah. kickers in in the game. Because if you think about it, the way they stop and plant their knee, man. It's just, I don't know, kind of mind-blowing mind when and you think I, about it. Roughly.
2: And I think that him and Dante may have been the only two people in my mind that probably played in that last Virginia Tech game. I think Evan Staley was still on the team. I think so. season is like fifth year in our program, I think. I And I don't know if Dante was a true freshman or maybe just coming out of high school. I don't remember. I can't
0: remember either. I think he came He's in twenty. He's a junior. 2018, so no,
2: yeah, really yeah in 18.
0: 2018. So, yes, Staley, I do believe was there, though. I think that's one of the only ones. But, um,
1: yeah, it's yeah. crazy to think about. That that's what I said. You know, first ago. time
0: that they've played him out near Fields in 05. That's what's crazy. Like, when I heard that, I was like, really? I was like, that's 16 years. Like, I can't believe it. But I'm glad to have it back. And
1: uh, it's not crazy to me because. I, I have been literally counting down oh, the sure. days sure. since I was at the stadium for well, that yeah, one. You, you yeah. guys don't understand. If there's one game that I hated being at Mountaineer Field for other than the two, 2007 pick game, it was that game in 05. I, it was – don't get me wrong. I love being at Mountaineer Field, but that game just had such a gloomy feeling. And I think this is the reason – I don't mean to get off on, on a tangent here, but I think this is the reason why I'm so adamant about West Virginia. You know, I think, in my opinion, would have won a national championship in that, that year if they would have won that game. And I've always said that. I've always said that, that, you know, I think they had more of a chance that year than in 2007, whether people want to say that or not, because it was one loss versus two losses. But that game with – Virginia Tech playing the way they did and Marcus Vick flipping the crowd off and you know there was a lot of accumulating factors that that made me hate Virginia Tech that much more and 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 you know I've said it before I root for Virginia Tech sometimes whenever the West Virginia isn't playing them because I have family ties towards that university as well but I don't I have never had a school that I root for sometimes that I despise so much oh, when West gosh. Virginia does play them. And so I've been counting down the days since 2005. I'll yeah, tell I, I want
0: to beat them bad. You know, I remember 2017 after the game, they tweeted out take me home with the, uh, with the Black Diamond Trophy and their fans uh, mockingly seeing Country Roads after that win and everything. And I've wanted to play them bad since then. And I thought we were going to be in a better place this year. And I was really confident about it in the off season. after these first two games. Uh, not as confident, but I still think West Virginia – could get it done. They have the ability to. It uh, just depends on if, if they show up or not. But I think, you know, Virginia Tech's won, what, the last three. So we definitely we definitely owe them. Uh, any thoughts there, Bradley?
1: Yeah, West Virginia hasn't won since that 2003-28-17. Yeah. seven they beat ranked, down uh, third. Down. Yeah. So, yeah, West Virginia wasn't expected to win exactly. that game either. And that's the thing about this rivalry Bradley, I'll get you. I'll let you go in a second. If you got something to say, buddy, but I, I just wanted to say that that's the thing about this rivalry to me, and a lot of rivalries. It's like this. I get that, but the team, most often than not, the team that isn't supposed to win the game shows up and makes it a football game to the point to where it's a close football, you know, game in the fourth quarter, and gives you that much more of a chance to win the football game. That's a lot of the reason that it was a close game in twenty seventeen. 2005 was a little bit different because I feel like, you know, Marcus Vick and that team were picked to win that game coming into Morgantown. Mm-hmm. But 2004, West Virginia with Rasheed Marshall and Jamal Adal on defense and all those guys, they were supposed to roll into Blacksburg and smack those guys in the mouth, especially the way they played them in 2003 right. in Morgantown. And so, yeah, it's I don't know. I, I think that uh, West Virginia, just given that aspect of things, I think West Virginia might come in and make it a ball game. You know, just with the rivalry aspect of it. I just feel like that's the way this rivalry is. It's just like Pitt. The the team that's not supposed to win usually shows up and makes it a football game. Yep.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. That's gonna make it super. Absolutely. Clean. I see, and I I remember that 2017 game and I was so excited. I really thought Willie G was gonna come in there and slap him around and it was just gonna be an absolute dogging. And it didn't happen. I said I remember I was just so mad just sitting there staring at the TV and just like this all this shit's just pissing me off. And, you know, I had some family members in the back, trip, not even Virginia Tech fans, but, you know, just talking. And it's just like, shut up. I can't deal with this right now. Like, I need to, like, just, like, everybody get away from me. I'm too mad. Like, It's yep. just, like, one of those type of games, which is why I'm saying, like, I want somebody to just come out and punch somebody in the mouth. Just because that's just how I feel about <laughs> it. I, I just, like, feel that salty about 2017. And, you know, like, it's just, oh, I, I just want.
1: Oh, that's be, also that's one of those games of what if. Cause that that last drive by Willie G, man, hey, they I, had
2: that was they had the
0: touchdown in the end zone and went right through Seals' arms. Had, had
1: it? Yep.
0: Had it? That was the difference.
1: Oh, crushing. Had they have built a little bit of chemistry going yeah, into that, that game? You never know what would happen. That was the first well, game. At, play at I, the first the together, half it was like
0: they weren't clicking, and in the second half it was like, bam, it clicked. And then you were like, oh, okay, you know. But it just took too long for them to get gelling, like you said, because it was all their first
2: games together. Too long for them to get gelling, like said, Jennings, Sills, Greer.
1: Yeah, well nobody yeah, expected tech to be what they were either.
2: Yeah, I think I made a, a meme back then that it was like uh when WVU's best wide receiver as a quarterback. <laughs> that was yeah. I think
0: it was a monster that season.
1: Yeah, I remember seeing him in the cactus bowl whenever they threw that pass to him and he goes up and yep. makes that jump ball catch. I was like, We might have something here, man. Like this guy's pretty tall and lanky. Yeah. Got hands.
0: Catch the ball. I ball. he's still with yeah. the Giants on their practice squad in the NFL. So, you know, he's uh, still got a shot. He's,
1: uh, got a shot. Yeah, a lot of these guys in the league right now on those practice squads, it really surprises me. You'd think that with some of the talent, they would be making the regular yeah, it's roster.
0: Tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, you only
2: man. get like
0: 50-some, fifty and everybody, everybody, every player on every team was a college star, so it's tough.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: But uh, let's get into. uh yeah,
1: people don't. You know get into you... the
0: matchups here with uh, Virginia Tech. Uh, you got, you was gonna add something there, Steven?
1: Oh no, I was just gonna get off on another tangent. I'm glad you cut
2: <laughs> you off. Honestly. No, no, no worries, no worries. Yeah, shut <laughs> up, no worries. I was like, Sometimes. I, I gotta going down memory I got to get a new uh,
0: new router for my house so sometimes we're dealing with a slight lag issue so sometimes if we cut each other off uh, that's probably what what it is but we should have that fixed hopefully by by next episode I got a new router coming in so uh, get that taken care of but uh, for the for the time being let's get into the matchups with Virginia Tech let's start off with uh, talking about the Virginia Tech offense uh, going up against the West Virginia defense uh Stephen uh, I'll let you uh, kick it off there with uh, your thoughts on uh, that matchup there
1: Uh, it's really intriguing for me um, because, you know, as we've talked about, our offensive line has struggled up to this point, and their defensive line has has not, uh, to say the least. The defensive line has been pretty dominant. Uh, so, I think West Virginia is going to have, um, they're going to have to establish their run game for one, and I think that's why Mike O'Laughlin has, has to come in and set the tempo on his side of the line, and and get that thing going so that we can open the passing game up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, because if West Virginia becomes one dimensional, that's not good uh, for our offense. Because you know, I think our defense is going to keep us in the football game for the most part. But our offense has to score points. That's just the way it is. We we've got to score points when we're a lot of the opportunity. We did that last week against LLU, but it's a whole different animal to do it against Virginia Tech this week. Um, and one thing I really will say and touch on against um, against LIU last week was I think they scored on every single possession that we had last week. No, didn't wrong about that.
2: no we didn't.
1: Right. I knew the, I know we didn't punt the ball, but I, I thought I thought I was right about that. We didn't um, we didn't go a single possession without not scoring the football uh, scoring the football. So we need to do a lot of that this week. We need to, you know, use that as motivation to get our offense going this week. And I think You know, if we can, like I said, if we can get our run game going, I think that'll just – that'll really help uh, guys like Winston Wright, Bryce, for we can get open. And, you know, one thing I really think is going to be a big factor this week is the big playability. I think – I think that whoever has the most big plays this weekend wins the football game.
0: No, that's – that's – that's I agree with you 100%. And, you know, the one thing I'll add, uh, West Virginia's offense, you know, I think the offensive line against Maryland we kind of thought looked suspect. We was like, well, maybe if they come out and bully Long Island, we'll see. Uh, didn't impress against Long Island. So, for now, I'm extremely worried about that, especially with Virginia Tech's stout defensive line. Uh, Virginia Tech shut down corner and Waller, great safety in Connor. Um, so, I'm, you know, very – not optimistic about this game, but I think the one thing the offense can do is take care of the football, have no turnovers, first and foremost, try and play mistake free football, and you know, control the ball as much as you can. I think that's you know, your best bet. Uh, like Bradley said, you know, try and make it ugly, um, you know, do what you got to do. If you're getting two, two three yards to play, but you're getting first downs, then that's all you got to do. And then, like Steven said, if you hit a big one every now and then, then uh, that would be huge because like, big plays going to be the difference. But I think turnovers for me is the main difference. I think we look terrible against Maryland, but without four turnovers we may win that game. So I think if we don't turn the ball over, we have a great chance because I'm thinking the whole field advantage is going to factor in a lot. Uh, Bradley, what about you?
2: So – our offense to their defense, I think this is actually going to be the matchup of the game. I think our defense is going to hold their own when we get to that point. I'll talk more about it. But I think that this right here is going to be the tail of the tape for our game. And I think that's really deep. Virginia Tech's got a really stout defensive line. Their corners are elite. I mean, they've really got a lot of talent like flying around in that side of the field. And so I think that Neil Brown's going to have to get creative. And I don't think he's going to be able to go in there and and be vanilla like he is sometimes and come out with a W. If he wants to win this game, he's going to have to go win it. He's not going to sit back and have a W fall into his lap. That's just not going to happen in this game. And so I think that, like, I would like to see a lot of – I I would like to see a couple more of these Mm -hmm. Winston Wright, you know, old Tavon dump passes. I think we need to really hit those edges since our line obviously can't cover the middle and they're getting put in laps, you know let Winston Wright try to break one to the outside. And after you fake that, you know, run that a couple times or fake it a couple times and you let Letty Brown hit it up the middle a little bit, really spread the defense out. Um, so I think you start running the edges, they're going to start spreading their defensive line out when that you start doing that. You can start hitting those gaps in the middle and then maybe you can get a, some, some semblance of a run game going. Um, uh, again, it's going to, like you guys, uh, Steven said, it's going to come down to big playability. And I think that our big playmakers are Winston Wright and uh, Letty Brown, and it's going to be, up to Jarrett Dagey to kind of put that ball in those guys' hands when we need the ball in their hands. And so I think it's going to come back to that quarterback spot, and I think that's what really everybody at this game is going to be watching is how does Jarrett Dagey handle himself or does Garrett Green get put in? And uh, My opinion on that is I think that if, if Virginia Tech comes out and they score – twice in the first couple of drives and it seems like our offense isn't just getting going. I would say by the third possession, we'll definitely see Garrett green come out and give his get, get a chance at just running a drive. If it's not that, then I just see him getting thrown in in a couple of plays every now and then. And probably not much more other than that. But yeah, I think that our offense versus their defense is definitely going to be the game to watch. And if, if we get our offense rolling and you see us score, then I think we got a good shot, You know, things get ugly. People are missing assignments. People are getting frustrated. I think we got a better shot that way. But if you see Virginia Tech's defense come out and handle us and their offense starts to get a couple points up on us, then I think we're going to have a real tough day trying to climb back. I'm glad
0: you mentioned that because you touched on two things that I I wanted to mention as well. Besides, you know, turnovers being my main key, I think that if you want West Virginia's offense to, you know, look different than it has, you have to do some different things. So, like you said, Neil Brown pulling some tricks out of his sleeve. And the two things that you mentioned that, you know, I think are big in this game that I think – if at the end of the day we're saying West Virginia's offense looked a lot better, I think these two things will have happened. We'll have got the ball to Winston Wright more in space, whether it's screens, jet sweeps, whatever. Let him get some more touches. And I think uh, the Garrett Green package is involved and provides a spark. I think those two things uh, will have happened if West Virginia's offense has a good day.
1: I will have happened offense has a good day. Yeah, I really I, I agree with the Garrett Green thing. I think you'll see him in there. Um, I don't think it'll so much be as – you know, Jared Diggy starts the game, and if he starts doing bad, then they'll right. put Garrett Green in there. I think, I think, think be that packages. it'll be right. It'll be Jared Diggy starts the game, and then oh, we see something in the defense. We're going to see if Garrett Green can run this play because last week, and I think you know, the coaches talked about it a lot how and Neil Brown, especially, did not you know, he didn't seem mad about the Garrett Green situations when he, would, when he was asked about him. It was more like you know he he did he did a great job but you know it was because of his improvisation when he was on there you know in there on the football field because i don't think he it was like something like 80 to 90% of the plays that he was given he did not run and he you know he improvised and did his own thing but i think that you know this week the coaches will sit down they'll go through that with him on film they'll see what did you see here and why did you run this and then he'll be able to understand what he's seeing in the defense a little bit more and he's going to be able to understand the offense in turn a little bit more because that's how you start to learn a little bit more about your offense and yourself and the way you play the game. Um, and so <clears throat> I think that this week, Garrett Green's going to get better and the way that he runs the offense once he's in the game. And I think that that's going to throw, you know, a little bit of things that Virginia Tech that they, I don't think that they've seen up to this point. Uh, and I think that may confuse them. So there's a, there's a couple positives. That I think West Virginia can, uh, can go into this weekend with, and they're not very big positives, but I think they could be. Uh, one is Michael Laughlin. You don't have tape on him coming into coming into this game with this specific offense. You do from last year, I know that, but you don't have tape on Michael Laughlin, so you don't really know how their run schemes work on that side of the line, or how they want to shift and work those line. You know what I mean? Those offensive line guys in and out whenever you know they've got him in the game. Two, you've got take with Garrett Green last week in LIU, but you don't really have the full impact of what he could bring to the game uh, because all we really seen last week was Garrett Green running the ball. We seen him throw it a little bit, but in all honesty, his his uh, throwing ability didn't impress me at all last week, and that, that was the main reason that I still said that I think that Jared you should be the starter right now. Um, but but like you guys, I I really I love what what I think that we can do with some of these RPO plays and. Uh, and I, I love what we can do with mixing Garrett Green in there with because it 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 really brings a dynamic to this offense that we haven't truly seen since, dare I say, you know, the Pat White and era. I think, Not truly to yeah, that but effect. but I think but.
0: when you bring Garrett Green in, it also is like an energy. It's a different energy level. Like you'll feel it in the stadium. It'll be palatable. And I think for a game mm-hmm. like this, that could really get the crowd into it even more because it's just – he's fun to watch. You know, he has that juice factor about him. It's just more entertaining.
2: Yeah, which and yeah, you guys have heard me talk about it a lot. The one thing I felt like Garrett—I mean, Jared Eggy's—always been missing is that it factor. Like the dude can go in and play pretty solid game manager, but like it's—and I'll keep harping on it until the shit changes—is just like to be a, a great elite quarterback that wins your team to games that you shouldn't win, winning games that you shouldn't win. You got to have an it factor. You got to have a little bit of you know spunk. You have a little bit of machismo. You got to have something like some kind of like something a little extra, you know, and you need a bit of a spark. And I've just never seen it out of Diggie. He He's the guy that makes a good read, throws a ball, it's, you know, where it needs to be. And, you know, if his play, receivers make a play, they make a play. If not, you know, it's not always the best. But where you got Garrett Green in there, I mean, the guy's – it's one thing Neil Brown said is he said he gets excited. You know, he gets out there, he makes a play, he gets excited about it. And that shit's yeah. infectious. I mean, you get out there, you make a good play, and you get excited, your team's going to get excited around you. And, like, that's what, like – I've noticed from Garrett Green is just like that's that's what I want to see. And Stephen talking about how you know they're going to go through and look at his tape and like, hey, like these are the things you've seen, that, what you could have done. I think that's what's made me more frustrated is like you you've been refusing to give the kid a chance because he's young and he's inexperienced and obviously he hasn't been showing up in practice as well, or as he would have got the the play now. But like I think that he's a guy that's really gonna grow exponentially as he gets more in game playing time because I think that's just how he thrives. I think he I think he runs off of that that, you know, high that you get of adrenaline of being in the game in the time. Because there's some guys that they'll tell you, you know, they don't practice as well as they play in games, so that's not ideal. You really don't want that. But if he can go out there and he can just learn a lot more on the fly and just be able to grow faster that way, it makes it a lot more frustrating that he hasn't gotten a chance to touch the ball a little bit more than what he has so far. So yeah, I I definitely see him coming in. If if it's, if it's what you guys are saying and you don't think he's going to get his own drive, it's not going to be uh Jared Degu struggling so we're going to put in Garrett Green. Then I definitely see Garrett Green getting snaps in the in the first possession or t- like not first possession, but the first uh yeah, first drive or two. I definitely see him getting his own plays and if that's the way it's going to be. Which like I said. I want I want more Garrett Green. I want like 60-40.
1: Uh, yeah, I just don't see them putting him in as a full-time starter yet, and I don't think that you'll see no, that sure unless that, you know, we get throughout down the season and he shows progression, a progression rate that, you know, is just out of this world, it, which could happen. You know, that we've seen crazier things. Um, you know, it's all about how he progresses in the next few weeks, in my opinion, and I think that, that only happens, you know, mixing him in there at the right times, like you guys say, you know, I really do think this guy's the limit for that kid, but I just don't think that he has, I don't don't know how to say this without sounding offensive. I don't think he has enough football knowledge, you know, because he hasn't been playing football that long. I don't think he has enough football knowledge to be able to progress to jump right into a starting role right now. Yeah, no, I don't think he's going to have talent. No, I agree. But
2: I was just thinking, like, if the... If they're if they're just wanting to work him in and like, packages, let him run a couple of plays, he's possession, then, like, that's what they're going to do. But in my mind, I just see Jarrett Dagey coming out and running full, being the only quarterback to touch the ball in the first two drives. And I could just see if he saw an out that I could – I think I could see Garrett Green coming in and having, like, a full, you know – because Neil Brown said, you know, you got to have, you got to be able to tell them when they're going into the game. You want to go into the, or From Neil Brown's perspective, he said he wants Garrett Green to know exactly when he's going into the game and exactly what his game plan is going to be. So to me, that sounds like if I'm going to put you in there, I'm going to give you five or six scripted plays. We're going to run with it and see what happens more than, um, you know, okay, we're now down in this third and two situation or like two and five situation, you know, where we got an easier chance to put you in there and let you run it. Um, I think Neil Brown wants less of that because then I feel like that puts more of a chance with just like him trying to like make a play uh, instead of going with just like a scripted plays. But that's just, you know, uh, might not even be what happens, but that's just what I see happen in my mind.
0: Yeah, I think I think I'd be shocked if we don't see him on the field, you know, in some capacity at least for sure. And uh, the offense needs that. The offense needs some kind of spark. So I think, um, you know, do anything you can to get that. You've Got Michael Laughlin coming back, and hopefully have some things up your sleeve because I think you're going to need it against this talented Virginia Tech defense. That's probably I'd say the best defensive line West Virginia has faced yet and they haven't looked good against the ones they face. So uh, that's something to look out for there. If uh, West Virginia's offensive line can finally turn things around, it's going to be a tough opponent to be able to do that against. So, uh, you know, we gave you some reasons for hope, but maybe that's a reason for concern there. But uh, flipping it over on the other side, uh, the uh, Virginia Tech offense versus the West Virginia defense. Uh, Virginia Tech offense led by Braxton Burmeister, I think the best quarterback they've had since since they since Fuente took over as coach, when was it, 2015, 2016, fits their system better, I think, than you know the system that Fuente wants to run. He fits it really well. He's a great running threat. They're running the ball 66% of the time. Uh, three good running backs, uh, Blackshear, Holston, and King. Uh, King and uh, Holston, I believe, are back on kick returns as well. Uh, two big play receivers, uh, Trey Turner's uh, one that they go deep to a lot, and then they have Tavion Robinson, who also has speed and is a great punt returner for them, averaging, I think, 30 yards per return. And uh, like I said, a slew of tight ends they use in that run game with uh, Burmeister and those backs um, going up against the West Virginia defense that's uh, been pretty south against the run for the most part uh, this season, I think. And uh, I think it's showing signs of improvement and continuing to get better. And, you know, the defense line being the strength of the West Virginia defense. But uh, what are your all thoughts on this matchup? Bradley, we'll let you kick this one off first.
2: Yeah, so if you've watched any bit of Mountaineer football for any length of time, you know if there's one thing that you really hate to see is a mobile quarterback. I don't know why it always just seems that we struggle with that shit. We just can't seem to get a lock on them. We get good pressure, then they break out the pocket, we've got nobody on them, and it's just, you know, they really just make plays and they make games that way. And so Burmeister's definitely going to do that. And that's not just a quarterback that's, you know, going to get out there and get a couple of yards. It's what Neil Brown said is he can run away from you. He's not a guy that's just going to, you know, pick up six or seven. You let him break one loose, he's going to break one loose on you. And so, like, that's pretty pretty worrisome, which is also why I think that we're seeing Lance Dixon maybe start this weekend because that kid's got some speed. I mean, he's got some, some gusto to him. So, you might see him sitting back there watching the quarterback a little bit more often and, uh, you know, trying to help stop that run game a little bit. Um, other than that, actually, I think – like I said, I don't think this – I think our defense is going to do well, I think – our defenses looked good. I mean, and they've looked good for a couple of years now. And so I think that we're going to have a good chance to kind of like keep Virginia tech really, really bogged down unless Burmeister just gets out there and makes us pay for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's uh it's going to be a good matchup. West Virginia has a chance with, um, you know, I think with West Virginia's what they've lost has been in the secondary, mainly, you know, the defensive line is kind of their strength. So I think you'd, maybe more nervous right now against the passing offense. You know, we saw that against Maryland where they kind of struggle with that, where they're still young and developing, but, uh, you know, yeah, going Very against so a, a strong, heavy rushing offense like this Virginia Tech offense, you know, Fuente loves to run. They've been over sixty percent rushing the past like four years. This year's been their highest at sixty six. I think that that's kind of playing to West Virginia's strength a little bit, maybe. But there's a lot of uh, ways that they do it that mix things up and everything. That there's reason they're successful with it. So it's gonna be a fun matchup to watch. Uh, don't you think, Stephen?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that. You know Justin Fuente is a very heavy run style uh, type of head coach, and he loves to run the ball, um, and that's why you know I think that Braxton Burmeister fits their system very well because he is a running style quarterback. Um, West Virginia has struggled with running style quarterbacks in the past, but I do think that they did a pretty good job of holding Talia, with his feet, yeah. um, you know, within his own rights on in, in week one up there in, in College Park. So I don't. I don't expect West Virginia's defense to let Burmeister have a have a field day with him. I should say that he may break a couple and he makes a big may make some big plays because I fully expect Virginia Tech to make some big plays on Saturday as well as West Virginia to make some big plays. Like I said, I think it comes down to whoever makes the most of them. But um, I think that um, Sean Martin has potential to to have his true coming out party i should say uh because if it's any game that he's going to show up in why why wouldn't it be this yeah. game oh
2: yeah oh yeah this
1: is the rivalry for him to show up in and so I, i'm 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 so excited for sean martin this weekend i i've talked about him a bunch this uh in on our shows this season guys but i i truly i i feel like this week is going to be the week that he comes out and shows what he's about because of the the what this game means to this part of the state, and and probably, you know, a lot of the people around him has been in his ear talking to him about it. So, I, I expect him to have a game. But on in the secondary, I, I think what's going to happen is we're going to get two caught up in the run game, and then they're going to go Trey over top. Turner. I think that's what's going to be a lot of their big plays yeah. cause our, yeah. mm-hmm, because Trey our because <laughs> our secondary, our secondary has been caught napping a couple times uh, in week one and And that was really the true test that we've only had up to this point, so I think that uh Virginia Tech's going to throw a little bit of that at us, but I do think with our defensive line is going to be the the true thing that holds us at, holds West Virginia in the football game as we fully expect it to i mean that's what that's what they do um absolutely. I, don't know. Also, I, 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 I really think they
2: mm-hmm. really did our defense. Oh yeah,
1: game. yeah. That's what that's the reason that we had opportunities to still win that football game as bad as we played was because of our defensive line. It wasn't because of the entire defense because our secondary was still atrocious in my opinion. Sean Mahone got burnt oh, yeah. on that one play to Raheem Jarrett, but our defensive line definitely held their own, and we've got depth with those with those guys and size. And oh my gosh, I, if we can. If we can fill out an entire defense with that kind of talent, oh, my gosh, the sky's the limit, man. If Tyke would have stayed.
0: Yeah.
1: What yeah. could have been?
0: I mean, or no, I'm sure, is wishing he stayed right now, too. Not even hardly seeing any playing time over there at Auburn. But uh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But I did want to throw this stat at you guys, uh, you know, just to show that how much of a strength-on-strength strength matchup this is with the Hokies' rush offense versus the West Virginia rush defense. Since uh, Fuente's been at Virginia Tech – Fourteen times they ran over 250 yards. Since Neil Brown's been at West Virginia, West Virginia has never given up over 250 yards rushing.
1: Mm-hmm. And they didn't give up a rushing touchdown yeah. last year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh it's going to be interesting.
1: Actually, did they give up a rushing touchdown in week one? No, they
0: haven't given up any. Uh, well, uh, yeah, but the, I think on the road they haven't still haven't given up any at homes. You know, in the past two seasons. Still, man. Yeah, because I think Maryland ran one in. Yeah. I oh. that's a, yeah. Maryland ran one in. But uh, any uh, any other thoughts, gentlemen? Uh, any other thoughts, gentlemen, on the uh, on the matchups, whether it be our offense versus our defense or, or vice versa before we get into these keys of victory? Or vice versa before we get into these keys of
2: victory. Yeah, I got one more thing. Talk about like what Stephen was talking about with our uh, backfield-looking suspect. A big reason why we look suspect against Maryland was because of just communication issues. And if that shit that's not fixed from week one to week three, then we've got some serious issues back there, not just with our players, but, like, with coaching. Something Something's going on back there if you can't clean up the communication errors. Because, I mean, a lot of the touchdowns that Maryland got was just from absolute mm-hmm. blood communication, people not being where they're supposed to be. And so, like, if that's still an issue and you don't got people in the right spots and they just don't know what they're doing, then that's a serious issue. No, I
0: agree. I agree. I think so, too. Uh, hopefully this game's going to tell a lot because, you know, we, like I said, last game really didn't – show as much one way or the other against that team, especially, you know, passing defense-wise. So this game's going to tell a lot when Virginia Tech, you know, lulls you to sleep and then tries to take a deep shot or something. So it's going to tell you a lot. Um, That being said, let's get into uh, keys to victory for uh, this rivalry matchup for the Black Diamond Trophy on Saturday. Key to victory, Stephen, what do you got this week? On Saturday, key to victory, Stephen, what
1: do you got this week? I think uh, the game is going to be back and forth a lot. Um, I think, like I said before, I think the big playability is going to play a big factor. I think whoever has the most big plays uh probably wins the football game on Saturday.
0: I like it. I'm I'm going to follow you up because I mentioned mine briefly earlier too. I think it's win the turnover battle. You win the turnover battle, you really increase your chances of winning because the way this offense has struggled, the way the West Virginia line has the potential to struggle against this Virginia Tech defensive line. You might not get too many chances to score, so you got to capitalize on those opportunities when you do have them and don't turn the football over. And in turn, maybe force some turnovers would be big. West Virginia hasn't really done that too much this season. Uh, and I think this would be a great game to, you know, maybe force Virginia to take into two turnovers. You have zero. That really uh, would feel a lot stronger about West Virginia's chances than I do right now if they could win that turnover battle. So that's my key to victory. Uh, Bradley, what about you? So that's my key to victory. Bradley, what about you?
2: Uh, mine's gonna, and I know I've done this quite a few times now. It's gonna be Neil Brown, it's gonna come on that guy. Like I said, I want to see the fact that he's not gonna try to let this W fall into his lap. He's got to go out there and earn this W. I mean, it's, it's, we've said it plenty of times. This is the biggest game in Neil Brown's career so far at WVU, and oh, it's, it's absolutely crucial that you come out and not only perform well, but come out and win this game. I think it's almost like a must win for him to have like. a a reputable season where people are just not on his ass every single game for the rest of the year. And so I want to see Neil Brown go out there and fight for this W and really push the limits. And, you know, when, when he comes off that field, win or loss, I want to make sure that I feel that we gave it all we had. And it wasn't, you know, it was just by design, not by, or not by design necessarily, but, you know, but just a better team won. we didn't beat ourselves. We went out there and gave it our best and went for that W and didn't, didn't, throw it away like we did with maryland
1: i will say i have a full full 1000 confidence that west virginia w- is not going to come out and just roll over i fully expect west virginia to come out jacked up and ready to play this game because like i said i don't i know that they don't care about the rivalry aspect of it as much as we do and they they, i could be wrong about that there might be a large portion of them to do uh just being able to play for a trophy and everything uh but i, I do think for for how important this game is just at this point in the season and how pivotal the game, how pivotal, goodness, I can't talk, how pivotal this uh, this game has uh, oh, the yeah. potential to be. Huge. It, it, they're not going to get we've much bigger games here. than this.
2: Yeah, we've got a bunch of recruits there this weekend. I mean, it's like not just big for like this year, but it's big for the future of our yeah, program. In a lot of different oh, ways. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. huge, like you said.
1: Yeah, because you got Oklahoma next week. You, I don't want to say must win. Yeah, Damn near. This as
0: close to as must win as you can get, I think. And like Bradley said, you know, we've said it several times, I think, but this is the biggest game of the Neil Brown era by far to this point. And so that would make it the biggest game of in West Virginia football since, you know, 2018, you know, that Oklahoma game in 2018. So it's this huge, huge implications. And uh, we're going to give you our predictions on it, our score predictions here coming up. Before we get into that, I did want to take some time to let you guys know that, uh, we will be live streaming reaction shows this year. Uh, we've done it for the first two games. We're going to do it again after this Virginia Tech game. That'll be either Saturday evening or Sunday evening. Most likely they've been on Sunday. Uh, but we'll let you guys know on our social medias when uh, when that's coming up. But you can follow us on those social medias at Twitter, at WBU Country Roads. Uh, be live tweeting the game this week. I've been at the first two. Hadn't really got to do that. But I'm not going to be in attendance for this one, unfortunately. But uh, that does mean I will have the live tweet feed going there on our Twitter. Um, so like us on Facebook if you don't already. Just search Country Roads Webcast. and post the video. There and the video uh, version of this podcast is also available on YouTube. Or you should go subscribe to us if you don't want us to continue to try and grow that. And then, like I said, the reactions will be flipped into a podcast if you prefer the audio only. But if you want to uh, check those out live, it's a lot of fun. Get the comments, you know, get to talk back and forth with you guys and get uh, your interactions. Uh, those live stream on uh, Facebook and on our YouTube on uh, Saturday evening or Sunday evening following the game. Um, That being said, let's get into predictions for this upcoming game. Um, As we said, biggest game of the Neil Brown era, 15th ranked in the nation, Virginia Tech Hokies undefeated, coming into Morgantown Saturday at noon on Fox Sports 1. You can find that. And um, it's a huge one. What do you guys got? Bradley, who's winning this game? What's your score prediction?
2: Um, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Two elite defenses, Uh, our struggling offense. I, I'm gonna keep it low. I'm gonna say 24 to 21. You know, I think there's gonna be a couple of big plays in there. Like Stephen said, I think he seems gonna have some big plays, but there's no chance in hell I'm giving Virginia Tech a win and more in town. WVU's taking it at home, 24-21. I like it. I like it.
1: Before you give your score prediction,
0: you, you took <laughs> 20. You got 24-21 WVU. <laughs>
1: I do. I do. Same exact thing. Yeah, I picked West Virginia to win by like field goal. I like it, boys, and 21. I'm loving
0: the optimism. But uh, I guess they're going to nickname me Debbie Downer this season. I don't know. Uh, I haven't picked predicted you know too many losses on the podcast over the years. You know, I've always been the confident, optimistic one. But uh, this year's uh, just a little different. I don't know. I'm taking the gold blue glasses off. I guess trying to uh, avoid heartbreak. Maybe trying not to get my hopes up. Also, but. Like I said, that offense, uh, you know, I think I said on the last pod, I picked thirty-five to three against that Long Island team, and you know, that offense showed me a little something. So I've got a little faith. I'm hopeful now, more hopeful than I was, you know, following that game, more hopeful than I was following Maryland. I think I've increased a little bit. I like Michael Laughlin coming back. I think West Virginia's got a chance. I think the whole field advantage has to be huge. I think West Virginia has to win the turnover battle, but. I think uh, on paper, Virginia Tech's the better team. So, you know, taking the golden blue glasses off, going with my gut. Um, I like Virginia Tech 24 to 14. Uh, I like Virginia Tech 24 to 14. Mm-hmm. Had to do it. Sorry, boys. I hope, uh, hope y'all don't hate me. Sorry, I know yeah, right it hurts It hurts How's my right? heart, but, you know, I'm going with my head over it. And I, I, and I
1: hope I'm wrong. I,
2: I pray that I'm wrong, but, you know.
1: You've shattered my hopes and yeah. dreams.
2: But, Yeah. <laughs> when, we, when we come out and win 24-21, to 21, we're going to get you a Dune set. And I, that's what you're going to have to wear for the whole entire like yeah, If West Virginia
1: I wins, win. you have to wear Virginia Tech for the rest I, of the season. I will, season gladly, I,
0: oh God, yeah, I will gladly have egg on my face, eat camera. crow for this one, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I hope that we win. This game's huge, huge. <laughs> I hope that we win.
1: This game's huge. Does anyone actually Imagine. eat crow? Um, I, not that.
0: that I know of. But
1: Is it like an actual meal for people in some mean, parts of the road? like maybe, world? Maybe in the backwoods
0: crows are what what if, of like
1: where did the expression come from yeah I I know, that's a
0: good question that's the yeah, first time i've to ever look heard that, that up i don't know yeah, i think I, like, I, I like to look, it look up, and up and the see if people
1: things. eat crow as a delicacy at some port like some parts of the world <laughs>
0: It could be good Probably tastes like chicken that's what they say about everything right
1: like eat crow don't mind if i do it's actually really good <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh gosh! Yeah, I had never heard that until you just said it. So, like couscous, yeah, it's basically egg on the face. Same, same difference. Like, I mean, yeah, I think it's like the same expression, basically, different forms. Like same
2: basically. Couscous, is, couscous
0: a is like rice.
1: Like I thought, couscous was type thing. I thought it was a. All
0: right, well, all right, we're something uh,
1: different. Maybe I'm thinking of we're, goose uh, goose. We're getting into That's the bird, right? to the, the food
0: goose. and uh, stuff side of things, so I guess we should wrap this thing up uh, before we trail off too far down <laughs> a rabbit hole. Because you know we'll just we'll just get going and we won't stop. You know, us. Uh That being said, any final thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I like handy. Rabbit. Rabbits, great. Any any final thoughts, gentlemen? That's great. thoughts,
2: gentlemen? Uh, boy, we better not not. Uh... If this is an, uh, if this is, if we get beat by a good bit on Saturday, I'll probably just cry for a few days. So,
0: yeah, I'm already uh, I'm already pessimistic enough. I'm imagine. hoping this game proves me wrong and returns back my optimistic side. So, something like that happens, who knows? Y'all are gonna hear me on the podcast just sound like Eor the rest of the season. Uh, Steven, any final thoughts? <laughs> yeah.
2: Any
1: final thoughts? Uh, you know, I I with everything in me, i have you know I've always been pessimistic, uh, you know, about things whenever they don't look perfect in certain games, but you guys know how I am. I'm more on the side of history and in this, and in this particular series, uh, as I've, as I mentioned earlier, the normally the team that's not supposed to show up and win this football game does. And, and so that's why I really do believe it's going to be a really fun football game to watch. It's like, Bradley said earlier, it's going to be a very ugly football game. Uh, but from a fan perspective, I think that both fan bases are going to really, really have fun uh, watching this. one. I know I'm going to, I'm going to have a blast on Saturday. And like I said, it's it's a very pivotal matchup in the season right now. You know, you have a potential to have a one and four season or a two and two season. And and I don't mean to already count that Oklahoma game yeah, as I mean, lost, but well. I At this point, people kind of We can already that. assume by this point in the in the Big Twelve era that you know right. it's an automatic, unless West Virginia figures something out and just you know that'd be great. Has a uh, they 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 get their playbook like off a of Waterboy. That's happen. Yeah, still tilt plays. Get their playbook and use their plays from Lincoln Riley. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm super excited about Saturday. Yeah, me That's too. All I got.
0: Very excited. Um, and hopeful. You know, uh, like I said before, I'm expecting the worst but hoping for the best. That's how, you know, think like I said that last episode, I'm continuing with that until I'm proving otherwise. But I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be a rocking atmosphere. Can't wait to get this rivalry back. Can't wait to play the Hokies again, and it's going to be fun one. I think it's going to be close no matter which way it goes out, and I hope these guys are right, and I hope I'm wrong, and uh, we're very cheery on that uh, live stream reaction that will be coming to you guys Uh, Saturday or Sunday, but either way, got a top 15 team coming to Morgantown and a great opportunity in what will be uh, the biggest game of the Neil Brown era up to this point. So, a uh, lot to be excited for, and uh, we'll be here to talk with you guys about it afterwards in, uh, on the live stream reaction. And then next week, come back with Oklahoma Preview. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on any platform you like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it. You can find us there. Just search Country Roads Webcast. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz, and for my co host, Stephen, and our other co host, Bradley. Until next time, let's go, Mountaineers.
1: If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those.